Good evening. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are excited to try out a new venue here um, as we are trying to navigate the, the difficult situation as uh, the coronavirus continues to grow and to spread and in trying to be, uh, as the session has said from the beginning of our communications, uh, both wise and prudent, uh, to be loving uh, to God and to our neighbor through this. And so this is a great um, privilege that we have living in a day and age where we can still get together as the people of God uh, virtually. It's not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it is still an opportunity for us to come together around the Word of God, uh, to hear from Him, uh, and then to respond uh, with prayers and whatnot. If you are, um, if you have accessed uh, this through the, the Facebook page or the Facebook group, uh, there was a post that provides uh, the slides of the service that I'll be working through for us this evening. You are more than welcome to open that um, and look at that as we go along. Uh, and you are welcome um, as you do so. Um, if there are um, places, um, uh, for example, we will be doing the Lord's Prayer, um, please feel free to, uh, to pray there along with me as we go. Uh, but this is going to be a service that's uh, focused on uh, just the Word of God uh, and some prayers. There will be a brief uh, homily um, as a way to encourage us. But um, I just pray and hope that you were able to take advantage of some of the churches that were live streaming their services this morning uh, and that this can just be a great way to bring the Lord's Day to an end uh, as we try to encourage one another uh, during this time of trial and difficulty. Well, without any further ado, let's, uh, let's, let's get started this evening. I'm going to be begin reading from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and our strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So a wonderful blessing that we have as the people of God 
to have uh, in our God, the one who has created all things and providentially is ruling over all things according to his design and plan that he put together before the foundation of the earth and that he is carrying out even in difficult times like this. Well, we're not going to sing this evening, and I'm certainly not going to do a solo, so I know that probably disappoints, but what I am going to do throughout the service is utilize the words of some hymns to help uh, focus our thoughts and our prayers in response to God's Word this evening. And so first, I'm going to begin uh, with just working meditatively through the words of our God our help from ages past. Let these words sink into your heart. Let these words be the expression of your faith this evening. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Under the shadow of your throne, your saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient in your arm alone, and our defense is sure. Before the hills in order stood, or earth received her frame, from everlasting you are God, to endless years the same. A thousand ages in your sight are like an evening gone, short as the watch that ends the night before the rising sun. Our God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, O be our God, our guard, while troubles last, and our eternal home. Let's pray this evening. O triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we praise you this evening as the God who indeed is present with us as a mighty fortress, one who is with us, as a guard watching over us, that you are even as the mother hen with your wings outstretched over us, because you, in your grace and in your love, have made the determination to love us as your treasured possession by calling us to yourself in your Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord, this evening we come before you, uh, in a strange way uh, for us, and yet we know that your presence is no less with us, even through this medium of the internet. And so we ask, Lord, that you would help us to focus our hearts and minds away from the uh, strangeness, the awkwardness of the medium, to be able to focus once again on that shared life, that shared love, that shared mission that we have together with you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Lord, help us during this time to, to have our hearts and our minds at rest, to be still, and to know that you are God in the, in the midst of this challenging situation. And so, Lord, you have indeed been our help from ages past, our help as our God who loved us before the world began. And so help us even now as we continue to put our trust in you, even though there are so many things, Lord, right now that challenges our faith and tempts us to fear. We pray and ask this through the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. 
Well, I've put together a series of readings for us this evening that I hope can encourage us um, to trust the Lord um, as we continue to uh, deal with this challenging situation. So our first reading this evening comes to us from Genesis chapter 9, verses 7 through 17. This is the Lord speaking to Noah. This is the Lord speaking to us, his church. And you be fruitful and multiply. Increase greatly on the earth and multiply in it. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you. As many as came out of the dark, it is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the water shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant with, between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all the flesh that is on the earth. This is a wonderful passage of scripture that reminds us as to why we trust the Lord, uh, even when it would appear, as the psalm just said, when it appears as if the mountains are crumbling and falling into the sea, when it would appear that creation is coming undone around us in a time where there is this disease that has come up. It has been around for several decades, but it has mutated in a special way. And now well, there are cases that are popping up all over the world. And so it would feel and seem as though the earth is giving way underneath our feet. And yet we know that the Lord has made a promise to us, a covenant with us, where he has put his name and his reputation on the line that he will uphold the earth until it is time for him to return in the fullness of his glory. And so though we are experiencing this challenge, though there is this sickness that is running rampant throughout the earth, it is doing so as it is limited by God's purposes and as it cannot change the promise that he has given to us. We have a gospel reading this evening coming to us from Matthew chapter 6. Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. 
Are you not of more worth or value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. It is very easy for us during this time of uncertainty as the stock market um, continues to fall. As we go to the grocery store and as we see food missing from the shelves, we see bare shelves all around, as we read and, and watch the stories about the frantic response of some people, it is easy for us to be drawn into that same anxiety. And yet it is on the basis of God's covenant to us uh, in Noah that we know that things will never fall completely apart and because of his coming to us and his son, Jesus Christ, that there is no need that is left unfilled for us when we will but wait and trust him and as we will continue to pursue his kingdom. And so this evening, as we um, have heard of this covenant promise and this call to trust the Lord and not to be swept up into uh, anxiety and fear, let us spend a few moments in confession of our sins this evening. We will have a, a few moments of silent confession where you uh, can uh, confess uh, between you and the Lord. Uh, and then in a few moments, I will pray a prayer of confession on behalf of our church. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, you have given us the greatest promise that we can receive from you. The one who has created all things, the one who holds all things in the palm of your hand. The one that has planned the end from the beginning. The one who has all power to complete what you purpose. You have given us a sign in the rainbow. It is a sign and a seal of the promise 
and of the confidence that we can have in you that you will not destroy the earth again as you did with the flood until that time in which you come in the fullness of your presence. And so until then, Lord, give us the confidence to know that there will be springtime and harvest. And in knowing that there will be springtime and harvest, help us to trust you. Lord, we confess that it has been very easy to get caught up in fear and anxiety. It has been very easy to be tempted to participate in the frantic responses that we are seeing all around us. And so we confess our lack of faith or our little faith and ask that you would bolster that seed of faith that we have once again in a fresh way through your word this evening. Grant to us the confidence not only to believe your word, but to look upon the rainbow and to know that what you say will come to pass because that you have staked your reputation upon it. Lord, we need help as your church during this time not to respond as the world around us, but instead, Lord, to set our hope in a fresh way in you And by that hope, Lord, that we might serve as an encouragement to those around us so that as we respond with hope and with love and with trust, that we might uh, be a benefit to those who find themselves struggling with fear and anxiety. Lord, bless us, forgiving our sins and establishing our hearts once again in the full righteousness of what we have in your Son. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Listen to the words of the Apostle Peter from 1 Peter chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being kept through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Though we do tend to falter in trusting the Lord through difficult times, though we tend to get bad attitudes when our faith is tested or when we are put through the fiery trials of our character being refined in the image of Jesus Christ, though we struggle with this, We can be honest to God about the struggles of our hearts and our minds and our wills precisely 
because we have been born again to a living hope. We have been granted as those in Jesus Christ a share in the heavenly inheritance that he has won for his people. It is an inheritance, as we are told, that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Yes, we may continue to experience the loss of certain earthly blessings, especially during these difficult times. And yet what we are not losing, what we cannot lose, because it is kept for us and because we are kept for it, is that new life that we have together with God through Jesus Christ. And so let us, as the people of God, respond to the good news of this salvation that we have in Christ, indeed with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. This is the way that we sow to ourselves the the things that build up our faith and lead us to trust, and that gives us the opportunity to give the good reason for our hope when our neighbors around us will ask us, how are we responding to so difficult a time with such joy? Well, if we were to be singing this evening, I was going to, we would uh, sing another great hymn of the faith uh, that helps us express gratitude to God uh, for this wonderful work of salvation and the confidence that it gives to us that God indeed is keeping us even though things seem to be falling down around us because he indeed is faithful. So hear these words from the the hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with with thee. Thou changest not, thy compassions they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Summer and winter, and springtime and harvest, Sun, moon, and stars and their courses above join with all nature in manifold witness to thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine, with ten thousand besides. Great is thy faithfulness, great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning new mercies I see. All I have needed, thy hand hath provided. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. Take a few moments now and there... Uh, If you are there by yourself, or if you are there uh, with some others, take a few moments to give your own personal thanksgiving to God for his faithfulness in salvation and his faithfulness in taking care of us as as a heavenly father.
Well, this evening I wanted to do just a very short little encouraging word this evening from Romans chapter 8. I'll be reading from uh, verses 18 through 30, Romans 8, 18 through 30. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he searches hearts, he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. This is a wonderfully encouraging passage as it helps to set everything that we are experiencing right now into its proper perspective. Yes, God created all things. And yes, when he created them, he declared them to be very good. They were a manifestation of his goodness. And the creation that he made became a house for his presence. It became a place where he would live and dwell. And having created us in his image, it became a temple presence where mankind were living with God. And there was this union and communion that had been experienced between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that was now opened up to those whom he had created in his image. It's a beautiful picture. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful uh, uh, presentation of God's desires and God's purposes. But what we know is that Adam, our first father, did not remain faithful to God, but instead he and his wife Eve chose to sin. They chose to believe the, the, the half-truths and the lies of the evil one rather than keeping their confidence in what God had promised. The result is, 
in a sense, out of a fear of missing out. Adam and Eve took matters into their own hands and sought to become like God rather than serving God as his image. The result of this is not only that you and I struggle with sin as those who were born into this world under that fallen condition of our first father Adam. What Romans 8 helps us to understand is that creation itself was affected by the fall. That which was very good under God's pronouncement became weighted under the weight of man's sin. The result of which is that even in creation, the goodness of God is still here, but it is also mixed with a fallen character where it is not only the pure goodness of God that is manifest in his created world, but there is a fallenness, there is a brokenness. And that brokenness in creation itself is what we are seeing with the coronavirus. The coronavirus is a manifestation of the broken world, a world in which God's good creation um, came to be sullied and mixed with sin, fallenness. It was mixed with death. The coronavirus has been birthed out of death, and it is a product of death. And as such, it is very easy for us to start feeling overwhelmed by it. Now, among some of the different responses that I have seen so far is this temptation towards fear or anxiety. A fear or an anxiety that manifests itself in um, being scared. And that being scared, going out and buying up everything around you. That in this fear and in this anxiety, there is this temptation to blow things uh, up so big to, for us that the coronavirus tends to become bigger to us than the reality of God's presence and his promises. But there's also been some other responses that I have seen, and that is to minimize the coronavirus. It is to minimize things because of a belief uh, for different reasons that um, that the, the response right now has been blown out of proportion. And it might be true that some have an agenda to do that, but we don't know that. But we don't have to know that. What we know as Christians is that as the coronavirus is a manifestation of the brokenness and fallenness of the world, it is serious. And it provides the church an opportunity not only not to get swept up in, into the frenzy and the anxiety and, and the fear, but it also means that we don't get caught up in minimizing it and treating it as something that it's not. It is a manifestation of sin and evil, and it is doing harm. And for some, it is doing great harm. And so for us, 
we don't have to we don't have to make it bigger than what it is but we also don't have to make it smaller than what it is we can embrace it for what it is because of understanding why it is here but also understanding that as serious as it is it is not ultimate because it does serve its master for God who created all things even when his world was fallen and Adam and Eve sin continues to providentially hold up his world and to make his presence known within this world and he does so as a God of love and a God of mercy a God of patience a God who understands our weakness precisely because we are told that he came in the flesh like us and experienced all that we experience. We know that our Savior experienced the death of his great friend Lazarus, which caused him to weep. And so it is appropriate for us, when we see the manifestations of sin and death, it is appropriate to weep. It doesn't mean that we're weak. It doesn't mean that we're being led away by political agendas. It doesn't mean that we're giving in to fear when we weep at things that should be wept at. And people dying from disease is something that should break our hearts. Especially as we know this disease seems to be uh, having the most damage among those who are weakest among our societies. And so as we continue to try to respond to these things biblically, let us respond sympathetically. And let us respond with mercy and with love. Not making it bigger than it is, not making it smaller than it is. One of the other responses that I have seen is in people... Um, being callous and uh, making fun and making jokes of things uh, that for many are extremely serious. And so it is a challenge for us to hold these things in a proper balance where our trust in God's providence and our trust in his sovereignty leads us to be uh, to strive to be reflections and manifestations of our God rather than being swept up in what's going on around us. And so as we know that the coronavirus is a product of, of a fallen world, and as we know um, that for us as believers living in this fallen world is part of our sanctification to help form Christ within us, what that means for us is that this situation right now is an opportunity for us to think about what it means to follow Christ by taking up his cross in an unusual situation. There is a sense in which for us it would be a missed opportunity if we attempt to go along following um, all these different responses that you see right now in our society and miss the opportunity of being able to manifest to the world around us the seriousness but also the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. 
There is no doubt this is a serious disease. There is no doubt it is having serious uh, consequences for many people. But the reality is that there is a hope, that there is a hope found in Jesus Christ, that where our first father, Adam, failed, where he did not believe, where he chose to give in to the falsehoods and the half-truths of the evil one, there is one who came and he conquered that evil one. Not by being, not by a demonstration of his power, but through a demonstration of humility. Not through a demonstration of military might, but through a de demonstration of an empathy that is unparalleled. Beloved, that's what it means for us to be in Jesus Christ. That's what it means for us to be called, predestined elected, all these big words that we like in the Reformed world. What it means for us is that we are in Christ and that Christ is in us. And the Christ that is in us is the humble Christ, the one who came and took on flesh, the one who experienced all, all of our sin and our weakness, the one who went to the cross and humbled himself to the point of death. That's the Christ that is within us. And even as he was raised in victory over that death, we know that we too, raised in Christ, will overcome the sin and death that is still present in our own hearts, but even that sin and death that is still present in the fallen creation. But as we wait for the fullness of Christ to return, when we wait for sin to finally and ultimately be dealt with, we wait as those whose hope leads us not to be tied to the realities of this world and to have our faith and our lives fluctuate on the basis of what is happening here. We are those who have the privilege of week after week receiving the means of grace to be reoriented to who we are as a heavenly colony who are still here on earth. And for us to be the bouquet of the heavenly places, especially when we find ourselves surrounded by the stench of sin and death. And so my encouragement to you, my encouragement to me, is that we respond to this with a proper understanding so that we don't have to make it bigger or less than what it is. And that we respond, not in a way that makes it so it's this, this is a trivial thing and not to make it so that it is the end of the world. What we want to do, beloved, is manifest the hope and the humility that comes to us in Jesus Christ so that we, in responding to the Lord in faith and trusting um, with our full confidence the promises of our God, we can be shining lights to those who find themselves in a very real sense having the darkness come upon them and creep into them through anxiety, through fear, and especially through sickness. So that's who we are. We are those who have a hope. And so let us live with that hope in such a way that those around us will see that hope and will give, ask us to help them understand and to give a reason for that hope.
Well, let's respond this evening uh, with a time of prayer. We're going to pray and we're going to ask the Lord for his help so that we can respond to these things through the confidence of his promises and through the reality of his presence. Let's pray. Almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us. We bless you for our creation, our preservation, and all the blessings of this life. But above all, we praise you for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. Please, Lord, give us such an awareness of these mercies that with truly thankful hearts we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips but in our lives by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory throughout the ages. Lord, we ask for your presence to bolster Grace Covenant Church during these times. Grant us the grace, the wisdom, and the prudence to trust you and to be those who understand that every number, every hair in our head has been numbered and that nothing comes against us apart from your will. But may this confidence, Lord, not be an excuse to live as a fool or to be unwise, to put ourselves in unnecessary danger or risk. Help us to believe and to understand that it is the prudent who, when they are aware that there is danger, that they would hide themselves. Help us, Lord, to hide ourselves in you. And help us, Lord, not to test you with silliness during this time. Help us not to, to, to take lightly what our government uh, agencies are telling us. But help us also not to be overcome. We pray, Lord, for opportunities to bear witness to the hope that is ours in Jesus Christ, but to do so in a wise way. And so, Lord, help us to take seriously the warnings. Help us, Lord, to put into practice the, the, uh, the uh, hygienic practices that, are, uh, that we are being told we should be doing. Lord, help but humble us to be willing to follow and to submit ourselves to our governing authorities in practicing self-distancing right now. But Lord, also help us as your people to see that there are ways for us to continue, even as we are doing right now, Lord, to, to be connected to one another during this time. Help us to be willing to break out of our normal patterns in order for us to continue to reach out uh, and to be connected to one another. Lord, we pray that we would take uh, advantage of this opportunity as your people, Lord, that we would see this 
is this great opportunity as normal life is being shaken up and as normalcy is not what we are used to, that we would use this as an opportunity not to fear, but also not to make fun, that we would use this as an opportunity to shine as lights, as those who trust in your presence and your promises. And give us, Lord, that opportunity to draw others into this hope in Jesus Christ. We pray this, Lord, not only for our ministry here at Grace Covenant Church, but we pray it for all of your faithful churches around Atlanta, the United States, and around the world. We especially pray for the missionaries, Lord, who find themselves in places that do not have as much access to modern medicine like we have here. Father, grant them a protection and give them the opportunity, Lord, to be a light and hope in the midst of this dark situation. Lord, we pray for those who have contracted the coronavirus. We pray for them as they are experiencing the difficulty of the, of the symptoms and as because of the awareness of the disease itself, who are probably struggling with immense fear as they wonder whether or not this, these will be their, their last days. Lord, for those who are believers, we ask that you would comfort them during this time, that the comfort that comes from uh, laying our anxieties before you in prayer and the peace that comes from you would indeed surpass all understanding for them. We pray, Lord, that they would see that even in this time of trial, this time of suffering, it is nothing in comparison to the glory that awaits. And so help them, Lord, we pray, to struggle well and to suffer as those with hope. Father, help us to reach out to those who are sick in appropriate ways in proportion to the health that we enjoy from you. And Lord, help us to help those who are sick to know that they are not alone. Lord, for those who are sick who do not know you, we pray that this would be the thing that you use to call them to yourself and that you would use uh, the Christians around them to have that privilege of introducing them to our King. Lord, we pray for our government officials and ask that you would be kind to them during this time that they would have wisdom, and that they would humble themselves, that they would not think that they have a handle on things, but instead that they would be cautious, and that instead they would be those willing to listen and to learn. And we pray, Lord, that as they feel out of control, that it is a reality that is always true, not only in difficult times. Lord, use this as a means of calling those whom you have put in authority over us to embrace Jesus Christ and to embrace and to promote the goodness that is in him. Lord, we pray for all of the first responders and we pray for all of those who are involved uh, in medical treatment. Father, we praise you for their courage to serve us on the front lines. 
We praise you for the selflessness that is manifest in the way that they are willing to put themselves in harm's way for others. Father, we ask that you guard them. We ask that you protect them. And Lord, we pray that for those who are believers, that they would have opportunities to share their faith with their patients. And for those who are not, Lord, we pray that you give them patients who are believers where they can hear the good news of Christ from those who struggle well and the hope that this disease is only a manifestation of sin that Jesus Christ has conquered and overcome in his death and resurrection. And so, Lord, grant to us the wisdom and the prudence to be loving and to be kind, to be those filled with hope. And so teach us, Lord, during these times to manifest in our lives not only the requests that we are making here today, but that our lives would be, our very lives would be prayers unto you. And so hear us as we pray this evening, O Lord, according to the words that your Son gave us to pray. When he said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Listen to these words this evening. It would be so great if we could sing them. Um, you might sing them at home. I'm not going to sing them right here in front of you. But hear these words once again from that great hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ has regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And Lord, haste the day when my faith shall be sight. The clouds be rolled back as a scroll. The trump shall resound and the Lord shall descend. Even so, it is well with my soul. It is well, it is well. With my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Well, let us profess our faith together this evening. If you would like to read along with me, we are going to use Romans 8, verses 31 through 39, to profess in a fresh way our faith in God and our trust in Him during a time such as we have right now. 
Romans chapter 8, uh, 31 through 39, we are professing our faith using the ESV. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who should be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famineness, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray. O Lord, our God, to you and your service, we devote ourselves, body, soul, and spirit this evening. And so fill our memory with the record of your mighty works, enlighten our understanding with the light of your Holy Spirit, and may all the desires of our hearts and wills be centered on what you would have us do. Make us instruments of your salvation for the people entrusted to our care, and let us, by our lives and speaking, set forth your true and living word. Be always with us in carrying out the duties of our salvation. In praises, heighten our love and gratitude. In speaking of you, give us readiness of thought and expression, and grant that by the clearness and brightness of your holy word, all the world may be drawn to your blessed kingdom. All this we ask for the sake of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, in a world without end. Alleluia. Amen. Well, as we close this evening, as you go forward, once again, renewing your trust and your faith in God in this difficult situation, striving uh, to be um, uh, the manifestation of hope to your neighbors around you, Go with God's blessing. Receive it in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now may the Lord who sits enthroned over the flood, the Lord who sits enthroned as King forever, may the Lord give strength to you, his people. May the Lord bless you with his peace. Before you go this evening, I do want to communicate that there is a very real opportunity for us at Grace Covenant Church to serve during this time. Uh, the Kaya Ministries have contacted us and let us know that there are several opportunities coming up in the next couple days to help out with food, a food ministry, especially here within Paulding County, 
for those students who will not be at school and who normally eat their, their uh, meals at school. By not being there, uh, it is believed that there are many uh, younger children uh, that will be struggling to get all the food that they need during this time, and that obviously does not help them in having a strong immune system to be able to fight anything that is going on around them. And so there is a letter uh, or an email that's going to be going out uh, from the missions committee um, where we're going to let you know the opportunities that are there. Just please keep in mind, as the session has been saying, if you're someone who is at greater risk, uh, either because of age or a compromised immune system, please uh, help and serve through prayer. Uh, and please don't expose yourself to unnecessary risk. For those who are healthy, those who are uh, available and willing, there are some opportunities uh, for us. Uh, and so please uh, watch for that email uh, and let's uh, take advantage of this opportunity to be light and salt and hope. Uh, during this time. Well, thank you. The Lord be with you. Amen.